Welcome to Valley Heat. I'm Doug Duguay. This is a podcast about the neighborhood. My neighborhood, the Burbank Rancho Equestrian District right here in Los Angeles County. Brought to you today by Paul Robinson's Coca-Cola. Now, I know that you know what Coca-Cola is. It's a delicious soft drink. But Paul Robinson believes he has the exact recipe for Coca-Cola. He's figured it out. And he's selling a three-week course. It's a $450 course that you take and you learn how to make Coca-Cola right in your own home. And Paul says a lot of people think they have the recipe, but he knows the one secret ingredient that makes it true Coca-Cola. It's delicious. It's refreshing. It's Coca-Cola. But it's even more than that. It's Paul Robinson's Coca-Cola. What? I'd like to teach the world how to make Coca-Cola. Okay. Let's sing a song while we make Coca-Cola. How? Sing in harmony. Would you think you could do this? I'd like to buy the world a home where we make Coca-Cola in that home. We'd like to teach the world how to make Coca-Cola. Here's what I'm trying to say. I'd like to buy you all a Coke bottle and show you how to put the Coca-Cola in the bottle. Can you say the name, the brand name of maybe one of the biggest companies in the world? Can you just say their name in your ad and make it part of your thing? Paul paid for the spot. I mean, if I'm looking at his copy here, it's got the letterhead on it. It says Paul Robinson's Coca-Cola patent pending. I mean, that could be anything, but I'm going to tell you something. That patent's not going to go through. I mean, you talk about, I feel like the cease and desist letter that he's going to get is going to be like one of those... When you unroll a pirate's map, those big giant pirate's maps, like in a cartoon, just a giant scroll that'll take two guys to unroll. It'll be the cease and desist letter of all time. I mean, I'm running this commercial on my show. I mean, I got to talk to him to see if I can even legally run this. I felt like I already know what he's going to say, but I'm going to call him real quick. Hey, Paul, it's Doug Duguay calling from Valley Heat. How are you? Uh, I'm good. Oh, okay. I guess I'm just concerned with this Paul Robinson's Coca-Cola spot. I just want to make sure that you feel like it's there's no legal issues here. Fine. It's fine? Do you know that okay, for we're sure? We're all pretty free to use the, the word Coca-Cola. It's fine. I just Doug. want to make sure it's okay for me to run this spot on yeah, here. Are, are we not allowed to say Coca-Cola? I mean, uh, I've... I'm 62 years old. I've been saying it for about 60 of those years, so uh, I don't know how it's illegal all of a sudden. Paul, you're a business person. Are you telling me that you don't understand the difference between just talking to someone and basic copyright infringement? It's not called Coca-Cola. It's called Paul Robinson's Coca-Cola. Paul, I, you say the singers say Coke or Coca-Cola at least six times if we're counting the gospel it's fine, Doug. singers. I mean, listen, have you heard the song Randy made? Paul, are you still there? It's fine. Okay, you're going to run with this. I, I paid for the spot, and I'd appreciate it if you run it. All right, just want to make sure. Look, if you have any legal questions, uh, you can run them by Terry. He's doing all my legal work. Terry Mellon? That's, yeah, Terry Mellon, yeah. Okay, well, thanks for taking my call, and wish you hey, the best. You're welcome. Sounds great. Okay, well, that's Paul, and 
he's a little rough around the edges. He's a nice guy, but I mean, his wife is so sweet and he can be nice too, but sometimes he's really businessy. And for me, the biggest problem is that, well, he's using Terry Mellon as his lawyer, which I don't know if I'd want Terry Mellon to be my lawyer. I don't know if you know Terry. He's the most litigious person in the whole area. He used to ride his recumbent bike around the neighborhood, and he's been hit by a dirt bike over 14 times in the last three years. The man is so accident prone. He used to ride his recumbent bike over on the dirt bike trails by the river, and they'd hit him all the time. He's been hit by cars on his recumbent bike. Just the idea that you would keep riding one of these bikes after getting hit even once. I mean, it's like riding a twin-size bed down the street. And, you know, after a few times after he got hit by cars, he put one of those orange flags on it. That doesn't make a difference. No one's looking for a little orange flag hanging off a bed, cruising down the road. But if there's a way to get hurt in the Rancho Equestrian District, Terry's found a way, and he sued just about everybody to the point where most businesses won't even let Terry come into their store. I mean, he's a nice guy, but he's kind of considered a pariah by most of the business owners around here. And I'm surprised that Paul's working with them because I know they've had their differences before. But it sounds like he wants to go with his commercial, so we're going to go with it. All right, let's start this episode of Valley Heat. Sorry, wrong thing. Okay, let's start this episode of Valley Heat. These are the chronicles of the Rancho Equestrian District in Burbank, California, where I live. It's also stuff that's going on in my house, it's not just the neighborhood, so it kind of makes a move. I should add that my wife is still up at her dad Chuck's house, and now my son Phil is up there too. My neighbor Mike Bianca, his wife, Gwen, is having an affair with my therapist. Well, he's not my therapist, but he's like a guy I've tried to make my therapist, but it didn't really work out. Can you even understand what I'm saying? Anyway, I can talk about that after this part. I should just, I'm going to stop now. So there's a few big things I want to talk about, which, I mean, well, first of all, it's the foosball tournament. The foosball tournament has already started. It's already finished. It was really big. It was a huge event, and I emceed it. So we've got some stuff we're going to listen to from that. It was really one of the best ones, I'd say, if not the best tournament we've had in Burbank. And it was the 35th anniversary, or the 50th, something like that. Nick from Used Foosball Tables actually got mad at me because I got that wrong a few times during the MC stuff, the ceremonies. But, I mean, it worked out great. And, I mean, not great to him because he was mad that I got the anniversary wrong. And I understand. I was emceeing the tournament. I was supposed to know the number. So he's still pretty mad about that. And I wouldn't be surprised if he poured some used motor oil on my lawn or something. That's just his way. When he gets mad, he likes pouring things on your stuff. One time he poured hot tar on Mike Bianca's roof. Yeah, Mike woke up one morning to find about 300 pounds of hot steaming tar on his roof. No one even knows how Nick got up there to pour the tar on there. But he had to go out and buy that tar. You know, who's got tar lying around? It's probably not cheap. But anyway, Nick's mad at me and at some point I'm going to find pig's blood on my windshield. Or One time he poured a bucket of minestrone soup in someone's swimming pool. Someone who quit. That's what happens sometimes. People will join used foosball tables. They'll join the league and then they get sidetracked or they can't afford the fees anymore. And then Nick gets really mad or the group gets really mad. And one time they poured minestrone soup in this guy, Greg from Riverside Banks. They poured minestrone soup in his pool. Took him a while to figure out what it was. He just, why are there beans in here? Wait a minute. Is that a carrot? Okay. I think this is minestrone. I mean, does it matter that it's minestrone? But they figured out what it was, and it probably just made a better headline in Burbank Gazette. 
But anyway, Nick's mad at me. And it might not be just because I got that number wrong. There's a number of things happened at the tournament, and we'll hear about that later. But the tournament was really great. We know who won. There's a definite winner. So we have a new American foosball champion. So I guess I just kind of spoiled that it's not Steve Smith, the former champion. He actually fell to someone new, and I'm going to reveal who that is pretty soon. The first thing I want to talk about is Pete and Candace. Pete, my pool guy, and his wife, Candace, and their baby have been staying here. And with along with Candace's brother's parrot, who says, the parrot only says Michael Douglas. And like I was saying last time, it actually doesn't bother me as much, but it bothered my son so much that he left and just went up to stay with his grandfather, my wife's dad, where she's staying. And they're staying up there. And he left me here to take care of. He's got like six or seven poisonous fish in this fish tank that I'm feeding. So on top of feeding the parrot and exercising the parrot, it's been a lot of animal stuff around the house. And there's more to talk about with the animal stuff. But the big news that I want to talk about right now is that Pete and Candace finally left. The plan was that once the foosball tournament was over, which it is, they were going to go back to their house because John, Pete's cousin, was using it to train for the foosball tournament. And I have a lot more to say about Pete and Candace leaving, and I wanted to play something for you that happened as they were leaving out the door, and I'm going to do that right after this. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by a great new game by Jan Robinson called Jan That Movie. Now, if you know Jan, you know her shirts, of course, because it's not just a shirt, it's a Jan Robinson shirt. And you also know her for her lizard-themed and ladybug-themed hummingbird feeders and for the watermelon jackets that she makes. I mean, these jackets she makes, you look just like a watermelon when you're wearing it. But back to the game, if you know Jan, then you know that she loves movies, but whenever she's telling you about one, every detail she gives is completely incorrect. And she decided to turn that weakness into a strength, and she created a game where the object is to be Jan, meaning you give clues to a movie by giving no clues to the actual movie. you got to get people to guess the movie by getting every detail wrong. So if the movie was, say, The Godfather, you'd say, what's that movie? It's got Al Franken in it, and it's about this secret company. It's called something like Holy Moly. And I'm giving an actual example of something Jan has actually said. She called The Godfather Holy Moly. And she thought Al Pacino was Al Franken. Then she said, oh, no, sorry, I mean Al Frankenstein. Anyway, I think you get the idea here. Basically, you just imagine that your mom or your dad or a grandparent is trying to get you to remember a movie, and there's no way the movie they're talking about actually exists. But the whole point of the game is to think like Jan. So you think, how is Jan going to get all of these things wrong? But all the rules to this are on the Patreon page, and you don't have to join the Patreon in order to read it. It's just available for anyone that goes to the page. I mean, you can learn without joining, but I really want you to join. I mean, no pressure. Don't do it. Never mind. But if you do, I mean, there's stuff you get. You get weekly episodes of Valley Heat. They're about 20 minutes each. It's called Good Morning Burbank. And you also get to go on Discord and try to figure out what Discord is. But then if you figure it out, you can talk about thoughts you have on the Pete case or you can play Jan that movie. Sometimes Jan's on Discord. Sometimes Dean Fernari's also on the Discord, which is a little annoying, but it's kind of fun. Anyway, Jan that movie. Check it out.
thinking and making wrong will be facts right. You might not like me now, but one day you just might when you say, Jan that So you know that Candace has been here for a while and she brought her baby and also now her brother's bird is with her and she plays Jesse's girl all the time and she's got other quirks, takes hundreds of showers, but I'd grown accustomed to it and I'd even grown accustomed to the bird. But then Pete showed up and there was, well, here's the thing I really was having a huge problem with, with Pete. When Pete came to stay here with us because his cousin, John McDonald has been training for a foosball tournament at their house. He brought all of his mugs, not, I mean, all, coffee mugs. In addition to his clothes and his bathroom items, he brought at least 30 coffee mugs, a large box that one person can't even carry alone. I helped him carry these mugs into the house. I mean, who goes out of town or something and goes, oh, I got to bring my clothes, all my bathroom stuff. Oh, yeah, I also got to bring all my mugs. And the mugs are all like, they all say like really sarcastic, mean stuff. And you had to bring them all with you? All of your coffee mugs. I'm, it's like bringing your curtains or something. And they just don't seem like him, his style. Like one of them he's got just says, where's your off button? Which, okay, so I guess I don't have to be too offended by that. It, it isn't really the greatest thing to see in the morning from someone who is staying in your house for free. He's got one, he just says, you're dumb. That's all it says on the mug. And all of them are facing out in the cupboard. So when I open the cupboard, he's, they're all right there. Just off-the-cuff, strange insults. You should think about taking a shower. Why do you eat so much cereal? Chips Ahoy, cookie boy. And that that's the one I don't even understand. Some of them are really dark. He's got one that just says, this is you. And it's an arrow pointing to a guy. And another guy's just punching him in the face. And it's like this whole line of mugs called, this is you which I guess was a product in the 80s. One of them says, this is you, and it just has a red arrow pointing to a grave with a headstone that says, R-I-P-Y-O-U. I mean, I feel like you could be arrested for having some of these mugs in a workplace. You've got a mug depicting the reader of the mug in a grave? I mean, there's some offices where you couldn't make it from the break room back to your seat before you were fired, and there was a cop waiting for you in your cubicle. I've tried to talk to him about it, but he thinks they're funny. One of them just says, hey, you feel like drowning yourself? And then when you look on the other side of the mug, it says, let me know if you need any help. It got to the point where I was just trying to avoid them all day so I didn't have to read the mugs because they just bum me out so much. But anyway, my point was they finally moved out and he was taking his mugs with him. And I wanted to play for you what happened as they were headed out. And here it is. Anyway, bye, Doug. Thanks for everything. It's been a long ride. Glad we were able to figure this out. Well, so. the ride ain't over yet because the DEA still thinks I'm a drug dealer. Right. Yeah. Trying to fix that. Obviously. We'll fix it fast because I got a court date coming up. Okay. I mean, obviously, I can't control what the DEA thinks, so I'm doing. What Are I you can. sure you can't control what the DEA thinks? I think I know what you're going to say. Because as far as I know, uh-huh. you started this whole thing. All right. I'll take that remark, but I don't think we can say I actually started it. But I don't want to argue about it. I'm not arguing. I'm telling. Right. Totally different okay. thing. Candace. Pete, let's just peacefully say goodbye here. You know I'm doing everything I can to fix this, so 
Goodbye. Sorry you don't like my mugs. Gonna be honest, I'm not gonna miss the mugs. Anyway, I didn't get a chance to make the bed or do the dishes or whatever. Okay, but, but the bird is still here. I have to leave it here for now. Candace, you can't leave it here it for now. It doesn't fit in the car. I can't get it to my place right it now. It doesn't fit in the car. I'll carry it to your all house. All you have to do is exercise it and feed it the no, special No, I know what the bird in. needs. I've been taking care of it for weeks. Oh, sorry, Doug. Sorry I don't like a beautiful parrot. I'm not saying I don't like it. I got all of Phil's fish to take care of, too. Can you finally just do one thing for me? You've been here for seven weeks. I took care of Doug. the bird. I fed the bird. I exercised the bird. I took care Doug. of the baby. I fed the baby. I took the baby on walks. When the baby's old enough to thank you, I'll make sure that she does. You think I want the baby to thank me? That's what you think I want? You want to give me a hand with these mugs? Okay, so you heard that. And they left Green Banana here. I don't, if you don't remember, Green Banana, all Green Banana says is Michael Douglas. That's all he says. And I was so excited that Candace and Pete were finally getting out the door. Because I had so much to worry about. I had so much to get together to emcee this used foosball tables tournament. They were going to leave. I was I had the tournament in a few hours, but the bird was still here. And I've got special instructions. This bird eats special food. You have to feed this bird with a turkey baster. It's not like you just put one of those sticks that are made out of seeds in the cage. You have to get a turkey baster. You have to cook these seeds in bananas in like a stew. It's like you're making porridge for a bird. And Candace was doing it at first, but eventually that's, that's just what I've been doing for the past seven weeks. And now with Phil gone, he, all of his fish are here. So I've got this tank full of the world's most dangerous fish. I mean, there's a fish in there that I think is considered the most deadliest fish in the world, which by the way, I never approved him getting that fish. Chuck just bought it for him. And then there's this other fish in a different tank that I have to feed live bloodworms to. I have to go to Clutch's Pet Supply and I have to buy these bloodworms that are alive and drop them into the tank. I can't even watch. I just drop them in and I walk out. And that's the first part of the morning. And then I got to heat the porridge up for the parrot. And then suck up all this porridge into this big tur turkey baster. It's like a foot and a half long turkey baster and feed it to the parrot. And that can't be what a bird normally eats. Someone at some point decided this bird needs a hot meal every day. And then there's about 30 to 35 minutes of exercise for the bird out by the pool area that we have here. And that was something that Candace did. She enjoyed doing it, so she exercised the bird. And I would help her. I would stand on the other side of the pool, and Green Banana would fly to me, then he'd fly to her. And here's what I'm getting to. I went out to exercise the bird alone, and you don't hear Green Banana in here because he's gone. He flew away. I was exercising him just a couple hours before I had to leave for this foosball tournament, and he flew off. He, we've got all these, we've got a huge flock of parrots in Burbank, these wild parrots. No one really knows where they came from. Some people think it's just pet parrots flew away and eventually they started this wild flock. But a lot of them hang out in this magnolia tree that's near our house. And he looked up and he saw those birds and he just flew into the tree and they all just flew off together. And I tried following him. I was running down the street. At one point, I was in the middle of Riverside, just running full speed down the middle of the street. I flagged a car down and said, I'm trying to catch this bird. Can I get in and we can try to track it down? This lady just threw a cold soft drink in my face. There, And there wasn't any soda left in it. It was just hard ice right in my face. And it had been sitting there for a while, so it was all stuck together. It was just like a giant hunk of ice. Hit me right in the nose. I mean, this was... I don't know why any human needs a cup this big. This lady had a cup. It was like a bucket. Do people need that much liquid to carry around with them in the car? You know what it was like? It was like if you took a traffic cone and you just filled it with Diet Coke and ice. 
I get it. Don't let someone in your car. That's fine. I wasn't thinking straight. I shouldn't have asked. But just drive away. Don't do a U-turn. Come back. Get out of your car and hurl ice at me. It's foosball. Every This time of year when the foosball tournament's here, people just have foosball in the brain and they get kind of nuts. But I had to get over to MC the tournament, so I called Candace and left a message for her about the bird and told her she had to get a hold of her brother because I didn't know how to get it back. And so she did end up getting a hold of her brother, and I have a lot more on that later. But right now, I just want you to hear the opening ceremony for the tournament because it was such an exciting event. It was really, like I said, one of the best ones ever. And I was really honored they asked me. I had never hosted this event before, so this was a first time for me. It was completely sold out. Cephalopods are people, opened up the whole event. And so here's the opening ceremony. Okay, now, okay. check. Oh, sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 50th Annual Burbank Youth Foosball Championship Tournament. I'm your MC, Doug Duguay, host of the Valley Heat Podcast. I don't know if you've heard of it. Anyway, please stand and show support for our official Youth Foosball Table Championship Tournament band, Cephalopods or People. So you can just tell from that opening ceremony that it was going to be a great event, and man, it was. And those were just some of the top-tier competitors. There were so many other great players there. Bill Green was there. Ted Green. Nancy Lee was there. She really did well. Nancy Smith also was there. Nancy Brown. A lot of great female competitors and male competitors. So good. That's another great thing about foosball is that it's not gender-specific at all. It's just all kinds of people thrashing it out over foosball. I mean, it's amazing how violence just kind of levels the whole playing field. And I know the game itself isn't violent. And foosball players, they hate to call it a game even. They say, this ain't a game. And to them, it really isn't. So, But it's not what happens during the foosball playing itself. It's what happens in between the games. The punching, the kicking, the cracking bottles over each other's head. You know what it reminds me of sometimes is those old roller derby matches when just those these elbows to the face, grabbing hair, and you think, this is just roller skating, right? 
Well, not really. It's really just beating each other to a pulp. The crowd was just so into it. But the whole time in the back of my head, I was thinking about this parrot, and I had to come back, and eventually Candace texted me and told me that Cody was going to meet me at the house and talk to me about the parrot. So after that first day of the tournament, we got through the semifinals, and then I went home and I met Candace's brother Cody at the house, who was obviously upset. I mean, his parrot's missing. But anyway, here's what happened. Hey, Cody, I'm sorry about this. I'm not angry. Okay, so when did you well, see him last? Yesterday, he was, uh, it was yesterday, he was out by the pool. He was outside? Candace had let him fly around by the pool, so... This, this parrot is not. This parrot is an indoor parrot. This parrot is... A... Okay, I mean, I'm just saying she said it was okay for it to be around the pool outside. Look, look you don't know parrots. Right, I mean, I'm not even claiming to know parrots. I get it. Parrots, they're not supposed to be outside unless they're... I mean, he's not a conure, like these birds you see around. You're talking Burbank. about these flocks of wild parrots around Burbank? You know, like your typical Burbank parrot. They'd be your, your trash parrot. A trash parrot? They'd... Okay. I mean, they're just birds. Why, why are you saying that? GB is an Amazon bird. Well, I mean, didn't these parrots originally yeah, come from somewhere uh, like that? And then, I don't know where they came from, but they're also parrots, aren't they? They're street parrots. Um, it's a specified thing. Um, a street parrot is a specified and, thing? And uh, GB is okay. another level. Um, how is I mean, he different than another parrot? I mean, a parrot is a parrot. Right? First off, they're already prideful animals. But um, what else do you need to know? Okay. I mean, we can just leave it there. But the only reason I'm asking is because he was when he was outside, he was flying over the pool water. And then some of those other parrots from the area were in a tree. And he flew over to them. And oh. that's he that didn't come back. I mean, maybe he just wanted to go out no. and hang with some other no, birds. He's not going to go hang out with a bunch of conures. I'm not saying he's going to do anything. I'm just telling you what I observed. Were you saying my bird joined a gang? I don't think it'd be a gang. I think it would just be another flock of birds. Yeah, I'm a using gang? the term gang figuratively. I, I know what a flock of birds is. I'm a zoologist. No, I'm not trying to question your knowledge. Look, you don't think I know what I'm talking about? No, I'm not saying that. I, obviously, if you're a zoologist, I'm not yeah. questioning you. Yeah, I mean, I've studied zoology for over you. three years. Okay, I get it. That's fine. Look, he should not have been outside. I understand that now. I just So you know, I'm trying to juggle a lot here. I've had Candace and Pete have been here with the baby, and I'm taking care of the parrot. My son has this fish tank that I'm supposed to feed, and it's full of vicious fish. Your son has exotic fish? Yeah, he's got a jellyfish. He's got a tiger fish. He's got a puffer fish. He's got a reef stonefish. So it's a lot of things. <laughs> I seriously doubt he has a reef stonefish. Uh, okay, he said to feed the reef stonefish to be careful of it, so I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't even know what you want me to say. Sorry. In in your house? In his room, yeah. Let me see it. Uh, all right. You want to see the fish? I would like to see the fish, yes. There's no way you could have a reef stonefish, or a tigerfish, for that matter. Without a permit. Okay, I mean, if it's not a stonefish, then he's mistaken. He's not gonna lie to me. He thinks it's a stonefish. Uh, yeah, that's not a stonefish. Okay. I'm I'm sorry. Cody, it doesn't matter to me really. It just he must think it is. So obviously, yeah, that's wrong. not a stonefish. Right? And we've established that. That's some kind of gulf toadfish, maybe. Okay, toadfish. But you know, he should not be in the tank by himself. That that's a social fish. Oh, okay. He's always had him in a separate tank, I think. Yeah, what are you doing? You're going to put your finger in there? Oh, I'm just doing a little test. Okay, let's not I'm do not that. I'm not even sure. Okay, let's just not right do now. this. <laughs> Did he just get you? <laughs> no. But uh, I'm I'm good. I'm fine. Okay, yeah, well, we saw the fish, so let's not be in here. Uh, just, uh, just 
Um, okay, your hand is red. It's a slight sting. Are you okay? I gotta, I gotta sit down for a second. You want some ice or water or something? What are we supposed to do? Just gotta, just, I just gotta think. Okay, but should I call someone or uh, what no. do we do? I should at least call poison control. Liz. What was that? Can you get Liz? Can I get Liz? Who's Liz? Can you get Liz? Cody, I don't know who Liz is. Can you get Liz? Okay, I'm calling an ambulance right now. What am I doing here? You just got stung by a stonefish. Uh, yeah, a little bit. So you heard that. He, I mean, the guy can't help himself. He doesn't hear anything. He won't listen. Well, it's not that he doesn't hear anything. It's that he doesn't emotionally hear anything. All voices outside of his own head are an antagonistic force that are attacking him. And so he has to show everybody in the room that they're wrong for some reason. And he's right and to the point where he's going to put his hand in a fish tank that I said has a deadly poisonous fish in it. People like this, you kind of just feel bad for them because you just kind of think, okay, put your hand in there, I guess, because you're, if you're not going to do it here, you're just going to do it somewhere else. I mean, just the sheer willfulness. The paramedics had to come pick him up. He's strapped to a gurney. They've got this big ventilator on him, and he's still trying to say stuff. Even when it's clear, no one can even hear what he's saying. But he keeps trying to talk, like trying to say something through this ventilator. And all you can hear is just a muffled voice. And at one point, the paramedic goes, what? And he takes the ventilator off. And Cody goes, I'm trying to tell you, this isn't the right kind of ventilator. Paramedic didn't even blink. He just put it back on him like it was a muzzle. Anyway, like I said, he's still at the hospital, and Candace and Pete obviously had a lot to say about it because they were pretty upset, and I wanted to play that for you, and I will right after this promotion. You know, if you're like me, you dropped out of music school, but not before you got really good at being a bar back and selling shoes. But one thing you did learn in music school was how to spend way too much money on guitar pedals that did almost nothing. Then one day, after your $10,000 in on guitar pedals, you realize they don't do anything. You scoop them all up, you bring them down to Guitar Center, and they say, we'll give you $37 for all of them. And you take it, and you buy some pizza, and you think, well, I guess it's time to become a freelance insurance agent. And you wonder, where'd all my money go? Well, if you're like me, you, a lot of it was stolen by your roommate. But a lot more of it was spent on those mediocre guitar pedals. I mean, how many distortion pedals did you need? Turns out 14. And none of them sounded any good. Why? Because there's no such thing as a distortion pedal that sounds good. Distortion pedals don't work. Buy a good guitar and a good amp and work it out. Right? Well, no. I mean, you do need a good guitar and a good amp. But Jerry Swim, down at Extra Guitar Pedal, make the most amazing guitar pedals you've ever heard. These aren't normal pedals. Jerry handcrafts all of his guitar pedals. He doesn't make them, he crafts them. I never met a guy that talked so much about solder. I mean, it's his whole life. In fact, he's got a store next door called Solder Master... They got every solder need you could ever need. But we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about the pedals. But Jerry says that it's all about the solder that makes these pedals sound so amazing. Sure, they cost extra, but Jerry won't even sell you one if he doesn't think you need it. I walked in there a few years ago and said I needed a delay pedal. And he said, really? Why don't you plug in and prove it? Edge from U2. He called me Edge, making fun of me. I get it. He's saying the Edge kind of made the delay famous, and am I good enough to really need a delay pedal? And I played something for him, and he said, uh, get out of here. Listen to this. If you go in there and you can't prove to him that you need the pedal, you have to pay him 20 bucks, and you can't come back to the store for three years. I mean, he's really serious about these pedals. And, you know, when he made me leave his store, he goes, hey, hold on a second, and he tossed me a beanie. And when I got home, I realized, oh, this looks like the Edge's beanie from U2. So he's making fun of me. Every time Jerry sees me on the street, he goes, oh, hey, look, it's the Edge. And he goes, dicka, 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 like imitating the guitar sound from the Edge. He's shouted it from his car at me on Riverside. 
coming from anyone else that would bother me, but I understand. He's serious about his pedals, and he wants everyone to know. This is my brand, and you can't have one if I don't think you deserve it. I mean, I do think I deserve it, but I went in there. I waited my allotted time. I went back in there. He had me plug in, and I played for him again, and he said, I want you to give me another $20, and I don't want you to ever come back to the store, ever. Ever. I'm never allowed back in the store, but I'm telling you, the pedals do sound incredible. Greatest pedals I've ever heard, but it's really hard to get your hands on one. The only guy I know that has one is Jerry himself. He has one, but other than that, I don't know anyone that has one. He let Randy Poole borrow one, so it's on loan if Randy can prove himself somehow. I don't know what the agreement is exactly, but extra pedal on Magnolia. You got to check it out. But you better know that you've got a very slim chance of walking out of here with a pedal. Heavy metal, I bet it's fun for you to play. Ha! I hear you talking, now show me what your fingers have to say. But you better know that you've got all right so like i was saying cody canis's brother is in the hospital he insisted on sticking his hand in phil's fish tank and the stonefish stung him and of course canis was upset and she and pete had a lot to say about it i mean i don't know what they wanted me to do you heard what happened the guy okay anyway she was upset and here's what happened Okay, just before we get to it. What happened? Well, for one, the bird flew away. How could you let that happen? I did what you do. I took it out by the pool. Fine, Doug. You're right. It's my fault. I lost I'm not saying bird. it's your fault, but honestly, who else is it fault? Nothing is ever your fault. Well, okay. I'll take that remark, but the thing about the I bird is not my fault. You have a poisonous fish in the house. I mean, honestly. There's a baby here. How is the baby going to get in Phil's fish tank? How did my brother get in there? Yeah. Uh, thanks for your input, Pete. Listen. You just got to let her say this stuff. I told him it was a poisonous fish. I said, don't put your hands in there. He doesn't listen at all. I very much doubt that. He's one of those people who, they don't have the capacity to hear what other people are saying. It's only out. Only th Thoughts only come out from him. I mean, honestly, this sounds a lot like Don't him. talk about my brother like that. You're right. How is he not always in the hospital? Fine, Doug. The man is so burdened Doug. with ego. He can't He's hear. He's not a zoologist. I don't think the man isn't qualified to have a pet. I guess we're coming back in. I'm gonna go grab my mug. Wait, why is he grabbing his mug? We're moving back into the room. That's why would that even happen? Because it's why? close to the hospital, and I want to be nearby. No, that's not an Your option. Fish almost killed my brother. We're moving back into the room. Hey man, can you give me a hand with these mugs? <clears throat> okay, so you heard that. Can you give me a hand with the mugs? Is what he says. Carrying two boxes, each of them full of fifty mugs, back into the house. I don't think, I knew I hated the mugs, but I didn't realize how much I hated them until I carried a box of them back into my house. You know what I realized? One of the things that really bothers me about these mugs is it's not just the mugs and the depiction of the reader as dead or being badly injured. It's, there's this little logo on the bottom. I guess this is a brand called This Is You from the 80s. 
And the logo is this little, it's a little kangaroo wearing sunglasses. He's got a gold earring and a bow tie and a blue mohawk. And there's just something about this logo that bothers me so much. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized, oh, this is bringing up something for me from my childhood in the 80s. Every logo or product mascot in the 80s was some version of this kangaroo thing. There was a really big thing in the 80s where there was always some little animal that represented a product. And I don't know about other decades, but there was a very specific type in the 80s. And for a while, I didn't even know that logo was there until I looked closer at the mugs. I really love the 80s, but there were a few things that I really, really didn't like. That little logo kind of sums up everything about commercialism in the 80s. Somewhere in the early 80s, my mom gave me a poster for Christmas, and it was two camels playing saxophone. And Joe Camel was real big in the 80s, and so was saxophone. I mean, you would have thought saxophone was invented in the 80s for how much everyone loved saxophone. I mean, I know people make fun of saxophone now, but if you're a famous saxophone player in the 80s, you may as well have been president. So my mom got me this poster, and it was these two camels. They were like people camels. They're people, but they had camel heads, and they were playing saxophone. And this was a really big thing in the 80s that you bought a print of a painting and framed it and put it up. And so the artist was like, what's really popular? Joe Camel, a couple of them, playing saxophone. And they were also, they were wearing zoot suits, which was another thing that people thought was pretty cool in the 80s for a while. So it was like all these elements. My mom saw it and she was like, oh, these camels are playing saxophone wearing zoot suits. Are you kidding? My son's going to love this. And when she gave it to me, it was already framed and ready to go. And I hated it instantly because I really disliked Joe Camel because, I mean, his whole energy was... He smoked, and he looked like he really wanted to hurt you in some nefarious way. Or, you know, he looked like he looked like the persona of the executives who were trying to get kids to smoke, really. And Joe Camel, he looked like the Cheetos guy, too. Everyone looked like that. And it was because they all had sunglasses on. Everybody was obsessed with sunglasses, especially wayfarers. The California Raisins come out. They've all got sunglasses on, and there were kids I was going to high school with, and they'd come to school with T-shirts on with the California Raisins on it, and you just thought, this is Raisins. You're wearing a T-shirt for Raisins. I mean, you talk about a breakthrough in marketing. How are we going to get teenagers to eat Raisins? Eat them. When I'm done, they're going to want to be Raisins. The Energizer Bunny had those sunglasses, too. They're always Wayfarers. And I I think that's really the thing that got that is bothering me about this character on Pete's mugs is the sunglasses. Because the Wayfarers, I couldn't wear them. They didn't fit me on my giant head. So my fix was I bought these pair of, they were called Serengetis, and they were kind of orange lenses because they were big enough for my head. And I thought they were pretty cool until Julie in 10th grade tore them off my face and threw them into a wood chipper in industrial arts class. I mean, I had such a crush on that girl, but it's like every fashion choice I made infuriated her. I go, why'd you throw my glasses in the chipper? She goes, oh, you wanted those? Maybe you should jump in there too. She had this whole thing all through 10th grade where she would take something of mine and throw it in a urinal. So I guess with the Serengetis, the urinal was just too far away. She threw them in the wood chipper. And the chipper was running and it just spit them out. It didn't shred them. It just spit them back out all mangled in a way that you thought the chipper also didn't like them. It was like the chipper agreed with her. 10th grade was really bad. And anyway, there was a long way to go to say this little kangaroo on these mugs of Pete's really brings up some stuff for me. 
And I guess the real point is, I got to get Pete and Candace out of my life. Truly, I can't remain obligated to Pete forever, and I have to figure out what is going on with the drugs in the garbage can and point the DEA in the right direction. And I know this is the thinking that got me into so much trouble in the first place, but I have to be involved here because they're not going to figure it out and they're going to be bothering Pete forever. And as long as they're bothering him, he's going to be relying on me to fix any kind of problem that comes his way. I mean, as it stands, they feel like they can just move in and out of my house without even asking. But the main piece of evidence I have is, as I said earlier, this El Camino footage that Mike Bianca showed me where this El Camino is pulling up. It's a white El Camino, but it could be a light blue El Camino like Tony Janthony's El Camino that's pulling up to the garbage can while someone jumps out and grabs something out of it. But I wanted to see where the DEA was on this, and I wanted to make sure that they were considering. I'm not trying to implicate Tony. I'm just trying to say, have we considered it? He does live right across the street. He does have an El Camino. He is a pretty annoying person. It's not impossible that it could be him. So let's just make sure we're considering it. The DEA was parked outside my house, and I went out to talk to him again, and here's what happened. Oh, and by the way, the guy's mom is in the car with him once again when I went out there. So, okay, here's what happened. Hey, look who it is. Gotta be kidding me. I know that you don't want me here. I just, my neighbor did film the El Camino and I think that he turned it over to police. I'm not gonna discuss it with you. I really don't feel well today. I have a migraine. When you get migraines, it's because your estrogen goes down. So too much, that's too much. We're gonna go to Rite Aid right after this. Can I ask, do you think that being out on this stakeout is really the well, best thing? Well, I needed fresh for... air because I can't tell you it's debilitating. Just relax. If you could just... Ma, you're getting headaches because of all the glasses you're wearing. Yes. I'm near-sighted and I'm far-sighted. Are you wearing three pairs of glasses? Well, migraines really make me sensitive to the light. And then in order to see she you... She wears a near-sighted, a, a far-sighted, and a sunglass. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm not sure how you can see anything with two different prescriptions under the sunglasses. I don't know. It actually Maybe. works. A lot of times, you know, they want to put those progressives on me, and I've tried. But, you know, it's very confusing. Anyways, Ma, stop, stop. Most people get one pair of glasses. Well, I'm just suggesting that you might be getting the headaches because of all the glasses. Yeah, well, what am I supposed to do? Be well, blind? Well, he's walking around like glasses. I can't. I mean, all right, all right, all right. Everybody, scene. just, uh, I need you to go. Uh, Mom, just sit tight. We're about to go to Rite Aid. I just need another 20 minutes. You always need another 20 minutes. And you don't even know which El Camino it oh, is. Oh, so see, no, she says she, she does know about the El Camino. I do. Mom, just, just stop talking, please, please. Well, that is rude because you are not allowed to talk down to me. I'm gonna move out. I always show up for you, and you don't show up for so me. So can I ask you, have you, do you, do you yeah. feel like if you look at the footage that yeah. there's definitely questions. a white El Camino? I just wanted to point out that Tony has the same El Camino that they have. It's light blue, but it could be his El Camino. You know, everybody in Burbank has one of these El Caminos. Right. I, I have one. That's what Sinatra wanted. Well, I heard actually that he got him for his wife well, because, and then she divorced him. Actually, there's more to the story. Oh. He wanted to do something for the community because yeah. Burbank is okay. important for him. Okay, we're on our How way. How many times do I have to tell you I have a migraine? You make an appointment and, with the optometrist. Yes, and you I get know, and I've done that, pair. and I'm, I yeah, worked and so I'm hard. You out. I'm no, no, you out. no, it's really more about you. Okay, I'm look, in we're going to go. We're going to go now. Okay, she's got a migraine. We're headed to Rite Aid. This time, I'm serious, okay? You're meddling in the case. I'm going to have somebody 
come visit you. you okay, know, I, I just like wanted it. to say, I'm not trying to be involved in a case. I'm okay, but we, no, I have to go. So you heard that. Again, mom's in the car, got to take her to Rite Aid. I mean, maybe he has a lead that I don't understand, that I don't know about. But I am starting to think he doesn't have any idea what's going on. It's possible that she knows more about what's going on than he does. How many times are you going to go out, you're going to stake out a supposed drug deal territory with your mom who is wearing three pairs of glasses? She's wearing three pairs of glasses at once. I mean, it's borderline something Jerry Lewis would do in a movie. I'm starting to feel bad for both of them. I mean, he's got to get his own place. The guy's going to get fired. You can't do your job with your mom in the car. Or your dad, or any parent. I don't care what the job is. You can't do your job with one of your parents in the car. It's just not possible. And he keeps threatening me that he's going to send someone else over to visit me if I don't stop getting involved. And at this point, I kind of wish he would. Anyone else from the DEA who doesn't have some family member albatross with him who needs a ride to the drugstore or Ross or something. But even though nothing happened with that conversation with the DEA, there actually was a pretty big breakthrough with the case. And it came about in a pretty strange way. And you're about to hear all about it because the closing ceremonies for the foosball tournament were amazing. And they were eventful in more ways than one. But I'll just let you hear what happened. So here they are, the closing ceremonies for the Youth Foosball Championship Tournament. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the closing ceremonies of the 19... Sorry of the 2021 Burbank Foosball Championship Tournament. Please welcome back to the stage, cephalopods or people. Sorry about that. Gentlemen, please welcome the 35th annual Burbank Foosball Champion and newly crowned American Champion, former Canadian Champion, well, current Canadian Champion, but now he's also the American Champion, sorry, John McDonald. Hey, oh man, I just, uh, you know, I've always wanted to be the American Champion, now I am. Okay, yeah, okay, that's right, do the food stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, it's hard not to get uh, choked up here. But, uh, you know, I'm caring about holding this trophy since, oh, man, 
I was four years old. I've been the Canadian champion for a long time. Everybody knows that. And uh, now I've become the American champion. And I just, I couldn't be more honored. And I'd love to give it up uh, to the greatest country in the world, Canada, which is a, you know, perfect place to grow up to foosball. I want to thank my cousin Pete, providing me a place to practice and train. And I want to, I want to give a thank you to my father. Uh, thanks, Dad, for buying me my first foosball table when I was two years old. Yeah, I guess I can't leave without saying I do have some issues uh, with some people who chose not to help me. Uh, matter of fact, they went out of their way to try to hold me back. Uh, but that was their choice, and um, now they can just uh, watch, watch me hold up this trophy uh, in their faces. I'm very grateful. Uh, some are here today, but we're, let's just not bring that up right now. Let's just uh, focus on the celebration. And I'll just enjoy my uh, victory. I'm not going to name names, but looking right at you. And, and not only not to help me, but to actually hurt me. Doug. Wait. You're, you're talking to me? Yeah, you. John, I don't think this is the right place to have I, this conversation. I, you know, I gave Pete Ambien to give you out of the kindness of my heart. John. And you got me arrested I, for this it? This is an award ceremony. Unbelievable. Well, okay, the Ambien was not for me, John. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, you didn't ask for it. I didn't. Nothing's ever your fault, huh, Doug? Well, maybe, but not in this thing, no. I can't believe I was in jail because of this I didn't this arrest guy. you. I didn't even report You're you, You're the whole John. reason we had a train at Pete's house. Train? You guys destroyed We're it. We're foosball players. John. We blessed this place. Someone sawed a hole in the roof. That was an accident because there was smoke in the house because there was a fire in the attic. It's called an emergency. You try to kick Pete's wife out of your house, or just looking no, for, I didn't. for shelter after she goes out of way to clean your pool. I didn't kick her out of the house. I let her stay at the house. But, well, you were gonna. Well, do you want to take care of a parrot that says Michael and Douglas? And you accuse my cousin of putting drugs in your garbage can. Really? Okay, I'll take that remark, but I, I had well, reason to think it was everybody him. Everybody knows who's putting drugs in your garbage can. Who? And they're putting drugs in all the garbage cans. There's a drug Ooh, ring going John, on in the neighborhood. Drugs in the but you want to blame Pete. You want to get us put in jail. I, I've already answered that part of your treatise here, John. Who is doing it, John? It's not me. It's not Pete. It's not Candace. John, can you just say who it is? Who? Who? It's Tony. Tony Janthony. What? Open your eyes, Doug. How do you know that? Where are you going, Tony? You're walking out? You're leaving? Huh? Yeah, it's him. Get off the stage! Who just said that? Okay. Oh, you want this mic, huh? You want yes. this mic? Come take it. Oh, come, come take, take it. Great. Let's. Why don't you come up here and get Canadian punch, huh? Like you see in the movies. Okay, everyone, you just sit, sit back down. All right, so, I mean, the tournament ended the way they always end, which is basically these big saloon fights. But I didn't intend to get into some kind of argument over intercom system with John, but he's obviously very upset with me over what happened with the arrest that was made for the Ambien. And I can sympathize with that, although he did still win, and the Ambien was not my fault. I didn't ask him to give Ambien for Pete to give to me. It's was not, I had nothing to do with that. But he's never going to listen to me, and there's really no use fighting over it. And obviously the big news was about Tony Janthony, but if you could have seen the look on Tony's face when he walked out of that arena, I really just have a feeling it's not him. And for a while now, I've thought it really could have been him, but just to see the way he was behaving, I, I can't see it. But why is John pointing to him is what I'm wondering. What I didn't even know John knew Tony, so I don't know what's going on there. I mean, maybe it is Tony, but there's more to look at, obviously, 
John must know Tony because Tony's done some work over at used foosball tables. So maybe they got acquainted that way. But obviously I'll be looking into that in the next episode. Meanwhile, I have to call Faye. My wife, she's still up at her dad Chuck's house with my son Phil because she's still upset about the whole Pete situation. A few days ago, I felt like we were on pretty good terms because I had texted her and told her that Pete and Candace had left. But she doesn't know that Pete and Candace are now back in the house, so I need to call and tell her that. So this isn't going to be an easy conversation, but anyway, let me just go ahead and do it. Here we go. I just want to talk to Phil about the fish thing. Oh, is it? Who is this? Is this Doug? Uh, yeah. Who's this? Uh, it's Donovan. I thought I was calling Faye. Did I just call you? Oh, I'm answering her phone because she's in deep baby pose right now. What? I mean, Um, where are you? I'm at Chuck's house. What are you doing at Chuck's house? Oh, we're up here because Faye asked us to come up, you know, do some yoga, some meditation. Us? My wife is with me, Kelly. Your wife is there. Yeah, she came up here. She wanted to check out Ojai. Actually, she wants to talk to you. Hold on. Hey, Doug, it's Kelly. What is going on? Yeah, we're on a, a yoga retreat. Is that a problem? I'm sorry, are you guys, is that Reunited playing in the background? Is that some type of trigger for you or something? Honestly, it is a trigger for me to call my wife's phone and the, her yoga teacher picks up and they're listening to some kind of let's get back together stuff. You want us to play Living on the Prayer? I don't think, I don't know why any theme music is necessary for any of these sessions. All yoga classes have music. They have music, but they don't have candles and someone picking up your wife's phone. You know, I can come to your house and we can listen to Reunited together. No. And then it'll be even Steven. Will you feel better about that? No, I wouldn't feel better. If anything, I'd feel worse. I don't think anyone needs to be in a candlelit room sweating to peaches and herb together unless they're a couple. Look, I gotta go. Uh You're really bringing me down right now. I'm bringing you down. Uh, Here's Donovan. I can't. Listen, Doug, you know I've got nothing but love for you. And oh, if really? you wanted to come join, I'd have to clear it with Chuck first. But uh, I cannot believe after what we've talked about, you're visiting my wife at her dad's house? This is my job. What are you doing up this there? This is what I do for a living. What do you mean, what am I doing up there? I'm making a living. I'm putting food on my table. Okay, I'll take that remark. I understand what you mean. It's just, well, it's can you see clear, how... it's pretty clear, isn't okay. it, Doug? I mean, this all started such a long and winding road we've been on with your, I don't know, maybe jealousy. No, it started with the mermaid emojis. The, who's that, Chuck? Hey, Doug. Chuck, can you tell me what's going on? Let me tell you someone I love. Donovan. Really? Okay, so you're really into Donovan now, it's a, is what you're saying. It's basically a family yoga session, and you know what? Uh, Donovan, he just makes it so easy. And I feel more centered than I felt, you know, since 1976. You're doing yoga. I couldn't feel better about myself, okay. my family, except for certain parts of my family. I mm-hmm. feel very good about everything, which is thanks to Donovan. Come you on. know, he's really just gotten me to a great place. Chuck, I know you're not a yoga guy, so you can stop the whole act about you're doing as yoga. As far as Donovan taking your wife, I wouldn't mind. All right, Chuck. Donovan is someone you would not be friends with in a million years, and you know you that. Know, you're not very grounded. I mean, you're so not grounded. You know what you might want to do is mm-hmm. just tie a bunch of balloons to your house and just fly away like the guy from Up. Okay. Well, I understand this is very fun for you that he's That's there. That's kind of the state of your life right now. Your life is basically the first act of Up, except your wife didn't die. She left you for a yoga instructor. Okay. So now in your version, you actually want her to I don't be need with to Donovan? I that version. I'm living that version. 
I'm living up to. And you know what? Faye didn't only leave you for Donovan, the yoga teacher. His wife's here, too. It's almost like you got left twice. Okay, just let me know when you're done with this. I don't know if it's legal to marry two people in California, but they have my blessing. I know that you don't mean that, Chuck. Hold on. Your son wants to talk to you. Hey, um... Hey, how are you? What happened with Shadow? With... What did you say? Shadow? Stonefish. Oh, this guy was here. He stuck his hand in the tank. Did he die? No, but he's in the hospital. Who would put their hand in there? It's the guy who owns the bird. The parrot guy? Yes, I'm sorry. Why is the parrot guy putting his hand in my tank? Honestly, you'd have to meet him to understand. Why is the parrot guy even in my room? He wanted to see the fish. Grandpa wants to talk to you. I, I don't think I can talk to Chuck again. I bought my grandson some fish. And you're using these fish as a murder weapon. Chuck, this guy, I tried to tell him not to put his hand in. I couldn't have called that in a million This was 100% all on this guy. It's never your fault, is it, Doug? Well, maybe not, actually, Chuck. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the movie White Oleander with Michelle Pfeiffer, Mm -hmm. where she kills a guy with a very poisonous flower. Right, go ahead, say it. You're like Michelle Pfeiffer in this situation, except it's... Very deadly fish. I've seen the movie White Oleander. I think that that at least it could be a lifetime movie. Well, except for the man didn't die, and I didn't ask him to put his hand in the tank. I don't know why you're telling me this. Maybe you should save that for when you're in an orange jumpsuit in a little cage. Whether they make it a lifetime movie or a documentary, I cannot wait to catch this on Netflix. Okay, well, let's not forget you bought the fish. The stonefish killer. He's not dead. I mean, it's got a good ring to it. Okay, can I talk to Faye? Actually, she can't come to the phone right now. Nice talking to you, Doug. All right, so you heard that. And obviously, I didn't get a chance to talk to Faye about Pete and Candace being back here. So I'm going to try to get a chance to do that when I get a chance. I don't know if you remember Donovan. He's the guy. He's the yoga instructor. He's been Faye's yoga instructor for about a year, and he was texting her mermaid emojis, and I, which I thought was pretty inappropriate, and they would listen to Christopher Cross during cooldowns. And I mean, am I wrong that a mermaid emoji is an inappropriate emoji to send to somebody? It's a partially naked emoji, and I w- had a complaint about it. And then I ended up having an argument with Donovan about it and Faye and eventually his wife as well, who, by the way, they're in an open relationship. So am I crazy that it's weird that he's up there with her? You can email me at valleyheatpodcast at hotmail.com or message me on Patreon. Is a mermaid emoji an appropriate emoji to send somebody? And is it appropriate to do a yoga house call Almost, I'm talking 40 minutes away from here. And answer your spouse's phone. Anyway, this podcast is brought to you by Paul Robinson's Coca-Cola. If you want to find out how to make Coca-Cola, you take this course and you're going to know how to do it. $450 is going to be at Pitchfork Bowling Alley. You can find out more about it at paulrobinson.biz. It's also brought to you by Jan Robinson's new game, Jan That Movie. The rules are available for free on the Patreon page. Check out Patreon if you get a chance. It's a way to support the podcast. And there's fun Discord stuff, merchandise, extra episodes, and fun games, good times, all the things that are good. And there's also, like I said, bonus material on there so you don't have to wait like seven weeks for a normal episode to come out. A lot happened in this one, so it took a while to put it all together. And it ended with Donovan at my wife's dad's house. And they're up there listening to Reunited by Peaches and Herb. All right, that's it for this episode of Valley Heat. I'm Doug Duguay. Take it easy.
Oh, and I'll send you off with a little Jan That Movie by Cephalopods or People. Yeah, but it's